1: God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry, teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much." The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven starts now.
2: God wants you to surpass your natural ability to pray. Because prayer has nothing to do with who you are in the natural, what your name is, or your title, what school you went to, or where you went to school. It absolutely has nothing to do with how young or how old you are, what you drive, or where you reside. True ability in prayer has nothing to do with the title in front of our name or the letters of degree behind it. Come on now. God is about to lift you up today. True prayer. The ability to pray past natural limitations has only to do with one thing. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. Today we're talking about the new dimension. We're going to a new dimension of prayer today. Beyond anything that you've ever known. Are you with me today? You are the hope of glory. Oh my goodness. That should excite you to no end. If the church just gets that into our spirit. When God made man and he made him in his image and his likeness, you have characteristics of God that are within you, some of the same characteristics, and he has given you a supernatural ability to communicate with him and for power to move through you. We're talking today about a new dimension of prayer. Now, if you have him in you, then let's go on now. And let the glory of God shine through each of us. God is raising up a spiritual military force. An army of prayer leaders at the gates of hell will not prevail against. He's reaching for you right now. Right now, even as I am speaking, he is reaching in the trenches and lifting some out of depression. Some out of a state of loneliness that they've been in for a long time. Others out of despair, out of anxiety, worry, and fear. Any area of lack in your life, God wants to fill that void in your life. Jesus is our rock, but he made you part of that rock too. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's talking about you and me. Hell isn't going to prevail against you. But the enemy wants you to be in fear because fear has torment and it brings confusion. Forget fear. Let it go. Rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. Fear causes us to be double-minded and unstable and all of our ways, tossed to and fro. Well, God doesn't want the child of God in that state. He wants you to take confidence and have faith in him and faith in his word. Because the situation that you're facing right now, God is going to turn your situation around. He's going to completely do a 360 and what you are right in the midst of right now. And he sent me with that word for you today. Maybe you're not walking through something personally, but maybe you're going through someone else with their situation. Well, God has an answer for you today, the word of prayer. And here it is, 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, He will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Oh, my goodness. In case you missed it, I got to read that in one more translation. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Oh, my goodness. Whatever dilemma you're facing right now. God has an answer to every situation that we face. Jesus lived in unbroken communion with God, and that is the answer to the dilemmas that we face in the world today. The goal of the church must be to live in that same communion with God. What would happen if each of us made it our personal goal that we will walk in supernatural power, a state of love as the world has not known? If you believe what I'm saying and have faith in the word of God, you'll be transformed by faith. Jesus said your faith has made you whole. What are you facing right now? Well, I came to tell you today that your faith will make you whole. Let's pray for just a moment. Oh, Abba, Abba, Daddy, we give you all glory and honor and praise. We lift up holy hands in thanksgiving for all That you have given to us through Christ Jesus, you have given all that pertains to life and godliness. Open the eyes of our understanding, that we may hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Now the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Well, for a long time my understanding was that was, as long as I read the word of God, I would hear the voice of God. And that's how faith came. And that's true. But it actually is speaking beyond that. The voice of God speaking to you in your inner ear, it is the word of God also. The Bible says those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. Maybe someone that you are helping along in their situation, maybe they need deliverance. And maybe you've been praying and praying for them. And they're going round and around in a circle. You've fasted. You've prayed. You've read scripture over the situation. You've cried out to God. And they're still doing the same thing. Well, maybe, you know, i, I tell you what. I'll just tell you a story today about a lady that I met not very long ago. Well, I was in the, doing a sales consulting and I went to a client's office, and this first time I met her, and as I'm talking to her, I just happened to overhear her saying that she does training hours and continuing education hours. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's, like, so excellent. I need that right now for my job. So I inquired about these training hours, and she said, absolutely, yeah, i do that. What do you need? And I told her, she said, wow, I can provide you with that, and I'm state certified. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, so amazing. So she agreed that I would be in her next class. So, you know, I gave her $100 down, and she said, okay, pay me at the end of the class when I know that you're pleased. And I thought, wow, well, that's a good deal, okay. So I went to meet her the next week to to attend the class. Well, there was no one there but me. So I said, well, what happened to the class? And she said, well, people signed up, but they didn't show up, and you're the only one here. So I said, okay. Now, I should have known right then that God was up to something. There's a class. And I'm the only one in it, okay? So I said, okay. So she said, well, Valerie, since you're the only one here today, why don't we just use my office? And I said, okay. She said, so some of the time when you're studying, you know, a document, I'll just do some work. I said, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. So I went into her office and I took a seat. And she said, just sit right here on the other side of my desk, you know? So I sat down and you won't believe what happened. I sat down in the seat adjacent from her. And when I did that, the anointing. I'm telling you, the presence of the Holy Spirit fell on me so heavy. And I thought, okay, so why is your presence falling on me right now? There's no one for me to pray for. What's going on? So I kind of just dismissed and said, okay, Lord, you know, thank you for your presence. And we began to study. Well, the next day when I went back, I entered our office again. And when I settled in and sat down, presence of the Holy Spirit fell on me again. And it was so heavy so I said I mean it was just such a powerful presence so I put the notebook down I looked up at her I said excuse me I have a question for you and she said yes Valerie I said what do you have need of and she said excuse me I said what do you have need of in your life she said I don't know what you're talking about I said well every time I come in your office the presence of the Holy Spirit just falls on me so heavy and whenever God sends me he sends me with a purpose and I I just don't know what's going on. And is there anything that you have need of in your life that God can do for you? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay. I said, well, no problem. I said, well, we'll just go on studying. So she said, okay. So we continued to study. Well, the next day I went back to her office to continue. And when I sat down, the presence of the Holy Spirit fell on me. And I said, well, I'm not going to say anything I'm just going to see what happens here, Lord, because I don't know what you're doing. She said she doesn't need anything, so I don't know what you're doing. So we were studying, and she's teaching me. And all of a sudden, she put her notebook down. She said, Valerie, I have something to tell you. And I said, yes, ma'am, what is that? And she said, you know, you asked me the question, what do I have need of? She said, I need to tell you something. I said, okay. And she said, you know, my marriage is in shambles. I said, really? And she said, yes. She said, and I've been married for 37 years, and this man has anger like you have never known before. I mean, he tears me up every day. I can't do anything right. It has gone on for years, and the worst part is he's about to retire. I said, oh, my goodness, okay? And she said, you know, we have children. I said, yeah, I see this beautiful family's pictures on the wall. She said, well, it's not beautiful at all. She said, it really is a horrible picture. He's hard to live with. I can't do anything right. No matter what I do, he badgers me. It goes on and on and on. He questions me about everything that I do, everything that I spend. It's just been a horrible marriage, and it's been this way since I've married him. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, how'd you stay for 37 years, you know, with this? And I said, well, let's pray about this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So we prayed. And then I began to explain to her, Matthew 18:18, 18, 18, "What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And I began to explain to her her rights and her authority. And I told her, there's no reason to live like that. Why in the world have you been so tolerant? Why don't you just shut Satan down? Why don't you just set your husband free? Why don't you get him out of that misery and that torment that he's been in both day and night? You must simply set the man free through prayer. Jesus said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Is this hurting you? She said, yes, it hurts. It hurts terribly. She said, you don't know what I live with and what I go through. I said, I think I'm getting some idea. I said, well, we walk in the light of his word. And when we walk in the light of God's word, we tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I talked to her about binding And loosening. We talked about the keys to the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Well, I handed them to her that day. And as I talked to her, she began to get an understanding. And we talked about what to bind and what to lose. And everything was scriptural. That spirit of fear that was tormenting him, that kept him jealous and anxious and angry. You know, he, he had had some bout with his health, cancer and things like that. And every time he had a bout with his health, he became even more angry. Really, this man was tormented on the inside. Oh, we prayed together, you know, and as I would go and take my class, we would pray and study the word of God together. And she said, why in the world are you in this industry? You need to be in ministry full time. When you talk about God, your whole face lights up and you get so happy. She said, and. You know, my husband is transforming day by day. I see a difference. Do you know that this man was completely transformed from a roaring, attacking lion to a gentle lamb? Oh, my goodness. And today they have a peaceful, happy marriage. This is the husband she said she's always dreamed of. Do you know at the end of that course... When it was time for me to pay her my other $200, she said, I won't take another dime from you. I said, what? She said, I can't take another dime from you. She said, I have a number of friends, Valerie. I really need you to talk to them about their marriages. I mean, I've been trying to teach them what you taught me, and I haven't been able to do that. But I really need you to meet with some of my friends. It was just so awesome. He was transformed by her faith. The centurion said to Jesus, Jesus. Speak the word, and my servant will be healed. I want to ask you a question. What's hidden from us? Why most people aren't getting astounding results in prayer? Why don't they receive the answers that they're after? There is no conspiracy going on. The greatest hindrance to prayer is unforgiveness. My goodness. God wants you to rise up in powerful prayer. I'm covering a lot today, and I'm giving you some reminders of lessons that I've taught before. The greatest hindrance to prayer is unforgiveness. When I taught that particular lady that day, and as I talked with her more often, I reminded her that she absolutely positively must forgive him. You see, when we provide God with a vessel, he provides the supernatural power. When we walk in forgiveness and we don't walk in bitterness and resentment and anger ourselves, when we completely surrender the vessel to God, then the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit moves through us when we pray. Jesus had the greatest prayer life in the entire Bible, and there is no record that surpasses his record. He was walking about preaching miracles and the principles of prayer. And his prayers never miss the target. We have to live the principles and do the praying. If we live the principles without the power of prayer, if we try to pray and not live the principles, both are mandatory. We must live the principles and also do the praying. Every powerful lesson we need of prayer is in our Bible. Every situation that we face and answer to that situation is, is recorded in the Word of God. God wants you to see him in a different way. He wants you to allow him to be boundless in your mind. You see, in her mind, she had it confined that this man could not be changed. Her marriage could not be changed. But God wants you to see him in a different way today. He wants you to see him without any boundaries. He wants you to take the limits off of him. He desires that you no longer look at the circumstance that you're facing but that you look at him as the answer. He wants you to step into the next dimension of power. God wants you to be set on Holy Ghost fire like the apostles were. Remember after Jesus' death, they weren't doing any great miracles. They had eaten with him. They had prayed with him. They had traveled with him and saw such miraculous events. They knew he was the Messiah. For three long, exciting years, they had been together. Maybe that's where you are today, because after Jesus' death, after his death, they were without hope and in great despair and on the brink of giving up. But God doesn't want you to be in despair today. Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't leave the disciples beaten down and discouraged and on the brink of giving up their ministry, on the brink of giving up their purpose that he had for their lives. And he isn't going to leave you where you are right now either. Jesus came to the disciples and he's coming to you right now through this message. He's speaking a message of encouragement, of upliftment. He's saying, don't stop where you are. Don't give up. It's not over for you. Not yet. He's going to do you with power if you don't give up. Watch this. There's a time when you must put off the former things and step into A new thing. The Bible says, old things have passed away. I do a new thing thou knowest not of. Maybe you aren't sure about your power in prayer. Maybe you're not even sure that you want to continue praying. But God sent me with a word for you today that he wants to endue you with power. He wants to empower you. Jesus told the disciples, he said, and behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you, but remain in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When Jesus had left them and gone out as far with them as Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Luke 24 and 49. Oh, my goodness. He told them, "Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Now, remember in Jerusalem where he's telling them to wait? until they have the experience of Pentecost. Pentecost, we know, is the dissension of the Holy Spirit. But Please watch this. I want to show you how drug and alcohol, addiction, pain, sexual perversion, and sin take so many manifestations in people's lives, and then it takes a hold of them. And how are they going to get released? Now, remember, before Pentecost, the disciples didn't know how to pray with power. It takes supernatural power. When someone is bound by drugs and alcohol and sexual perversion, it takes supernatural power for them to be released. The disciples weren't getting results after Jesus' death. They weren't getting those powerful results. But then Jesus makes his ascension, and he sends the Holy Ghost upon them. The disciples then had the supernatural power to pray And another dimension of prayer. They didn't have that in the upper room when he was there. Now the miracles begin. They step into a new dimension. God wants you to step into a new dimension today. And after you have a supernatural experience of power and prayer, you'll never be the same. What he wants you to understand today is how to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you. That's when the supernatural power of God flows through prayer. When we no longer do the praying, but the Holy Spirit does the praying. Their lives were changed. They had a new strength. They turned the world upside down after the Holy Ghost had ascended upon them. They now understood what happened to Jesus. They understood why he had to leave and the Holy Ghost would come and to do them with power. The Lord sent me to teach this form of prayer today. It's so powerful. The enemy will flee from you. When you walk in the light of his word, when you pray prayers that are supernaturally charged because they are sanctioned by the Holy Spirit, the prayers are most effective. After the Holy Spirit ascended, the Bible says, after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. We must have the Holy Spirit praying through us to speak the word of God boldly. If you've been praying and it hasn't been effective and you want to see powerful results through prayer, it's time you made a shift in your prayer life. Paul was one of the most powerful warriors of prayer in our Bible. The Bible says this, but if we hope for what we do not yet see, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Romans eight twenty six 26 and 27. What we are praying then is beyond words. When the Holy Spirit intercedes and prays through us, then what we are praying is supernatural and the prayers are answered. That's when we cross threshold to the supernatural, how the Holy Spirit anointed the disciples and they began to go about doing great miracles and spreading the gospel in a powerful way. With the power of the Holy Spirit praying through you, you will pray down the wiles of the devil. You will put confusion in the enemy's camp and you will take hold of the power of God. Once we surrender, we then provide God with the vessel. And when we provide God with the vessel, he then provides the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that flows through us. And then our prayers have no Boundaries, we're not trying to pray powerful prayers. We are submitting to the flow of the Holy Spirit that moves to the vessel that creates the supernatural power that causes prayers to be answered. I know that's different than the way you've been praying. But that's how you step into the next dimension of prayer. Hebrews 6, 1 says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Oh, you've entered the next level now. We can't stay where we are. We have to go on to Pentecost and be endued with power. Then we must continue on and do the mighty works of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that causes us to achieve an end. Because he is one with the Father. And Jesus, he knows the mind of the Father because he is our Father. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray.
1: You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.